Welcome to Mac and Blue, where we introduce you to who is building Arizona, bringing you the people and businesses that shape the landscape around us. From economic development and developers, underwriters and lenders, architects and engineers, to the very builders and suppliers that bring it all together. Now let's join our hosts, Robert Johnson and JJ Levensky, aka Mac and Blue. Welcome to Mac and Blue. I'm Robert Johnson, Vice President of Business Development. He, he being the other handsome gentleman there, is the president of Blue Wave General Contracting. What's up, JJ? Everything's up, right? It's Monday. We're happy. We're vertical. We're virtual. And Uncle Daryl's on the other line, too. Uh, yeah, and uh, I know Daryl can uh, say mm-hmm. hi. Greet us, Daryl. Hello, gentlemen. How's it going? It's going good. Good job so far, Daryl. Not one mistake. We are, what, 45 seconds into it. But yeah, good. Good job. (laughs) So we're doing something a little different this week. We are going to talk about our sponsors, that being Tory Contracting and Blue Wave General Contracting. I'm going to dive into this. Hey, JJ, why don't you tell us a little bit about what (laughs) what your company does and who you are? I was going to laugh. First of all, I said our sponsors, more, our employers, our our second wives, our what, what do we want to call our company? Oh right? man, yeah, that is the truth. Our where we spend ninety percent of our time. Um, no, thanks, Robert. So yeah, it'll be be fun today. And for the audience, I mean, full disclosure, <laughs> this wasn't planned, but we always had this as a backup for. We did have a guest that canceled today, which is going to happen every now and then. And so we thought it appropriate that we should, uh, you know, what are we now, five months in, somewhere in there? Yeah, something like that, pretty close. Five months in, and we've never really done a deep dive on our respective companies. And so today was appropriate for that. So keep a timer on me, and, and we'll go down that path. So, yes, Blue Wave General Contracting, uh, I had to actually double check to find out how long we've been in business. <laughs> That's how bad it is. We started in the winter, or right in the transition between 2016 and 2017. At that time, we were actually school builder. And when we first started school builder, we were predominantly just in that space, building schools and specifically charter schools. And after about a year and a half or into year two after that, we realized that it was a little bit myopic in our, our vision and what we were doing for other uh, verticals and other clients. So we changed the name to Blue Wave General Contracting. Now, we always get the question is, what, what, where did the name come from? And Blue Wave General Contracting came based on the book, Blue Ocean Strategy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give away the secrets, but for those of you that read and, and like business books, leadership books, all those kind of things, um, if you would look up Blue Ocean Strategy or the Blue Ocean Strategy, and you'll see what that's all about. And we felt that um, our ethos and our methodology matched the, the, the message of that book quite well. And it basically was, how do you always try to add value to your clients in some way that you can monetize and, and, and bring that value prop to fruition for your clients. So then that, that signifies the name, now the spelling. So this is where it gets uh, kind of fun. Everyone goes, well, why can't you spell JJ? I'm like, well, that, that the answer is yes and no. 
Um, I am Polish after all, so it's it, it is challenging for me. <laughs> wow, wow! I, you beat me look to at, it. Well, here, the, the, to put it in perspective, look at my last name, Levinsky. I can't even spell a Polish name correctly. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> so, truth be told, when we looked at all the domains, trademarks, you know, everything with Blue Wave, the B L U E was taken. So we took a leap of faith and said, well, do we take the French spelling of blue? And we did it. And I'm not going to lie, for the first six to eight weeks of being in business as Blue Wave with the, with the e B L E U, it was horrible. No one could find us. No emails got to us. <laughs> it was horrible. Now it's into almost like a marketing, uh, like a stroke of dumb luck turns genius because everyone asks, well, why is the spelling? So I get to tell the story about our company. So it's it's kind of it's kind of fun from that aspect. Good. The evolution in those five and a half years, or we're in year six of the business, was much like everyone. You know, we survived COVID, came out of it stronger than than everything. But uh, primarily, we we had still were playing in the charter school space quite frequently, and then we started servicing other verticals. We also found a, a niche in kind of doing a horizontal mix, where when I look at our staff, uh, we're not a young staff; we're a fairly senior staff. Um, I think we were able to attract a lot of project managers, superintendents who were, I wouldn't say burnt up, but tired of more of the, the larger corporate environment. And I offered something a little bit more open mm -hmm. and um, offered a little less stringent uh, structure and allowed builders to be builders. And what that allowed us to do was have a staff that had a, a more national presence, which means they have a broader background which allowed a uh, integration of more horizontal than just vertical on what I would typically see in Arizona. Um, when I moved here almost 10 years ago, I was shocked that a lot of general contractors did that there was a difference. Uh, and I mean, a distinct difference between vertical and horizontal work where I was raised. If you're a general contractor, you did everything. That's how you were raised. And I know Robert, you yeah. and I have talked about this a, a lot. And so that was where we were able to kind of work for developers and kind of come in and do a mixed breed of both horizontal and vertical because we had that that background. Um, I kind of joke that our average age in the company is probably closer to 50 than it is to 30. But with that, I think we get a nice tenured background of, of our staff. And there's days that I miss having a lot of the younger people around to mentor, but just in the life cycle of where we are in, in our own economic cycle here in Arizona, um, we've just fallen into that mix. And it's, it's proven well for, for us and for our client base. So, Interesting. Yeah, so that's a little background on Blue Wave. You talked about you were primarily in the charter school sector. Yeah. But although you you are in the process of finishing up a charter school, a very large one, you're doing a couple of other interesting projects that are very far from being charter school type projects. And how did you make that jump? Great question. So I'm trying to give the readers digest version because it would take an hour to explain the whole thing. I think it comes back to when we were transitioning from school builder to blue wave, there was a, a period there where I was able to meet and get introduced to many of the key people in the Valley that were in the capital stack. And I would call it the deal makers and the deal. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. kind of the movers and shakers. The movers and shakers. And that's when I realized as a transplant to Phoenix, I realized that Phoenix is we say this all the time on the podcast, Robert, it's, a, it's America's largest small town mm -hmm. or the smallest large town, either way you want to transpose that. I always tell people that I, I luckily, without mentioning names, I owe a gratitude to someone that I worked with during that tenure 
who exposed me to all of these people. It probably would have taken me 20 years of organic business development to meet all those people in a conventional time frame. He was able to do it in eight months where every vice president, president of a bank or whatever, you know, the commercial real estate people. And I'm very thankful and humbled by that experience. What happened was, is a few years later, because we went down that path, a lot of that stuff didn't come to fruition. So to be very honest, we had what I call a, like a sophomore slump, okay? Sure. Where we tried to go down a, a path of uh, our business plan that, that failed and failed pretty considerably. But it wasn't because of what we, who we stood for as people or what we were trying to do. We just kind of bit off more than we could chew because we had opportunities. Uh, and again, without going into a lot of details, it was basically like an equity play of very large projects. It, it, didn't, it didn't work out, but I was able to meet a lot of influential people. And during that time, I was also able to put what I would call your business development guy, Robert, so you can appreciate this. I was able to put myself in front of a lot of these people at a boardroom or a virtual room where they saw how my mind works and what my team does yep. as far as putting together what I call pre-construction services that weren't normal for most general contractors. And what that means is it, it really dove into a lot more of the pro forma, looking at different asset classes and thinking more like an owner than a general contractor. In other words, speak their language, speak a commercial real estate person's language, think of right. an investor. And so what happened was my name or our name started getting out there that, hey, there's this smaller GC that can talk the talk and walk the walk, but you probably don't know about them. And yet, if you look at them, their resume speaks volumes of who they are. They've only been around for a couple of years, but when you look at the individuals that comprise the Blue Wave team, that's a pretty high horsepower team and they know what they're talking about. So then that's Robert to answer your question, how my phone or how our phone started ringing again. And I'm just thankful to it. So, you know, we were luckily, luckily to do the Verde Cooley station, which is a, you know, 12 building, uh, multi-acre, uh, multi-use development in Gilbert. And then the big one that we, that we currently got and are working on is the Cannon Beach Surf Park, which, um, you know, put us at a whole nother level in our peer group. And again, that was just, I can tell you the condensed story of that one was we were competing against, a, 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 you know, some rather large firms and it was kind of a mistake of how it happened, but we were able to interview with them and we crushed it and that was it. Um, but a lot of it goes back to what I was talking about was we just, we have a very tenured staff that has a lot of world experience and by giving them the freedom and the autonomy to do what they want to do, which is being a builder, which we don't talk about that much in our industry anymore is right. You know, are you a project manager? Are you senior this? Or we get into titles, but I look at, at are we really builders anymore? And no. you show me a builder and I'll hire that person. And 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 the, our clients love builders because they're problem solvers, right? Right. Makes all the difference. Uh, or versus um, I, I realize that through supply and demand right now, there's a lot of people in the industry that they didn't have the experience that you and I did, Robert, of you know, where you learned under your grandfather and then your father and then you know, someone gave you a chance when you were 18 to 25 years old. And if you jumped at it, you jumped at it. Now there's so many more layers than what you and I had to deal with. Right. And I look at it and I, I would never, I, if I could go back and change it, I won't change a thing. I, I'm so glad that they threw me to the wolves when I was younger. And did I fail? Oh my God, did we all fail, right? <laughs> but, yeah, just a couple times. <laughs> but the, but the thing is, I think, I think it gives us an advantage now that those failures are not I sleep at night. So do you. We, right. we, we don't live in fear of, of the failures because 
we weren't protected by all these layers. And I'm not talking about this may sound come across wrong, but not helicopter parents, but helicopter organizations. Mm -hmm. It's like, yes, we need processes and procedures, but the same token, you've got to allow these young people to fail as well in, in their, in their maturation and cycle of running construction projects. So anyway, that's, that's a little of, of, of that. Peeling the onion there a little bit gives a bit of insight into what makes Blue Wave what they are. And it is, it's a different company. I, I, you'll, you'll admit that. It, oh, yeah. it, it's, it's structured different. It goes about things differently. But you're working on a couple of projects, specifically Cannon Beach. Companies, there's general contractors that are in business for years and years and years and never get a shot like Cannon Beach. True. We're very thankful of that. And it's turned into, not only is it a wonderful project, it's turned into a wonderful relationship um, mm-hmm. with you. I can't stress it enough that if you go to the construction trailer any day of the week and see the synergy and the camaraderie between ownership, consultants, us as a GC, all of our trade partners, it is the most collegial environment I've seen in many years, to be honest with you. And uh, that's that's rare because I've seen them you know, what I would consider the norm. And it's far from that, typically. Well, and shout out. I mean, we, we Robert and Daryl, you know, we had Cole Cannon on as a guest, you know, what was it, a month or so ago? You know, it starts with him. I mean, he he's the main partner, the main equity, the main brainchild behind all this. And he's got some wonderful partners too. But I think he sets the tone with his attitude. And it just so happens that everyone else on that project has has followed suit. So, I think it's a testament to our industry that you don't have to be all hard and rigid and how do I describe it? So legalese. The irony is, is Cole is an attorney. So there you go. Right. And yet probably one of the loosest, but yet well-managed projects we've ever been on because of that. In other words, we're not, we're not focused on the CYA. We're focused on the solutions day in and day out. And don't yeah. kid, don't kid yourself. There's so much proprietary technology that's going into this project. But if we had to wait for CDs to be done and built, it would never get built. So we are, all the parties are taking risk, but a, a, a joint risk and a calculated risk where we talk about it all the time. And then luckily we're able to present it to the ownership group and they, they can make them a, a educated decision. And then we go and guess what? There are mistakes that are made, but he's willing to write the check for them to keep things moving, which, is a, it's, which is a big difference in our industry. So. The takeaways from that one for me right now are in, in the environment that we're in, Robert, is, you know, for someone, for someone or some organization that, that likes the security and, and the sureness of having everything dotted, you know, I's dotted, T's crossed, that, A, that isn't my team and it's not our team. And I think that's why that particular project and us match so well, whereas the conventional means and methods of, of delivering construction there's tons of companies out there that do that really, really, really well. And we could too, but it does. It, it, that's not what gets my people out of bed in the morning. So I, I've had to strategically make sure that Blue Wave is situated that I wouldn't say we, we strive or look for the more difficult jobs, but I, but it's funny when my phone rings, it's usually, it usually goes something like this. Hey, our GC couldn't think beyond this. Can you look at it a different way? And with my crazy brain, the way it works, a lot of times I'll be like, well, did you think about this, this, and this? And they're like, oh, well, no one's ever asked us those questions before. Okay, well, let's, now I'm not saying it always works. Right. 
it just seems like our hit rate on that kind of scenario is much higher than I would call it a conventional and and normally um, layered construction company. So, yeah, very. You know, uh, one of the most exciting things that I think there is, and this you kind of described it this way, it is you're you're actually building the plane while it's in the air, um, which well, is and really while, exciting. And while, and while getting parts drop ship from China in the middle of it. <laughs> exactly. And and that's that's uh very close to being the truth. <laughs> well, in our and let's be honest, our whole industry is dealing with that to a certain right. degree too. But anyway, I agree. I digress. Yeah. So hey, Daryl, why don't you throw us to a commercial when we come back, we'll toss it to JJ and turn the tables. Tory Contracting, your full service Division 9 contractor. Tory Contracting operates with a smaller hands-on team. This cohesive structure results in superior workmanship and economical solutions. We deliver projects with unsurpassed commitment to quality and stewardship of budget. Tory Contracting, small enough to listen, big enough to deliver. Would be doing an injustice to my team if I didn't say the, the oh. last part of, of the way, which was earlier this year, Robert, you know this and Daryl, you do too, but for the audience, we decided that we wanted to add even more value to our customer base. Thank you. Yep. So we launched our service divisions of Blue Wave HVAC, electrical, plumbing, and handyman. To be 100% transparent, we approached all of our trade partners prior to doing that saying, listen, this isn't to steal work away and self-perform everything. It was a little bit different. We wanted to build it, to build our enterprise value on two platforms. One, to actually take care of our clients. But B was also to increase our balance sheet, right? And our blended EBITDA because uh, just being a general contractor, for those of you that know this, you know, we're not getting rich off of doing construction projects. And uh, so it was important that we had a diversified portfolio, if you will. Right. And so we launched all of those a couple months ago and it has turned into, I've been very excited, very humbled, pleasantly surprised by all of it. Like anything, there's growing pains. But I'm loving seeing the positive things coming out of it versus the the, the negative. I mean, it it it's an the positives outweigh the negatives 90, 90 to ten easily. And so the irony is, is we we focused in verticals that we normally don't play in. So like on the HVAC side, we're doing tons of service work in the residential area. We are not residential builders, um, but yet at the same token, in there we have commercial guys that are taking care of like our past school clients which is something we could never offer before. It was so hard to hand over our product and then not be able to handle the maintenance and warranty. And two things, one, we can better protect it, but B, we can also monetize it for our own good. I mean, that's why we're in business is to make money. So it, it's, been a, it's been a very nice mix. So I'm very excited to share that with the, with the general public. We've kept it pretty quiet. Um, we have the vans all over the valley. But, um, you know, we'll slowly be launching it on a lot of our social media. Um, we've just been slow to react to it. But, yeah, very excited to share that we, we launched uh, basically four service divisions um, to take care of both of our clients and, quite honestly, our employees to, to offer a better and more diversified workforce. So, the, uh, the service business is so different from the construction business, yes. is it not? Boy. Yep. Yep. I mean, and, you know, having the staff and the, the senior leadership underneath me to identify it, cultivate that talent, it still goes back to what we're trying to do from a cultural standpoint. 
as far as what the blue wave culture means. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it augments and even strengthens it. It's almost like raising it to the nth power because now you have the commercial new build people meeting the service side. And let's be honest, that kind of diversification only strengthens the, the workforce and, and right. kind of the accountability too, Robert. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Wish so, Thanks for the thanks for the tidbit. Um, happy to finally share a little bit about Blue Wave. Now, uh, back to my esteemed colleague, uh, Dr. Robert Johnson. Yeah, that's you. Well, every time I every time you tell me a story, you've been in construction like 142 years, so I think you just get an honorary doctorate of construction. <laughs> no, I've been accused of that. It's like you know, if you've done everything that you said you've done, you would be 142 years old. I do feel like that. Uh, I've done. Wow, if I started getting into it, not even construction wise, I, I have I have some great funeral home stories. Which I've heard, by the way. And the history teacher, right? Uh American history. Yeah. Uh algebra, high school algebra. Yeah. So that's supposed to make me sound very smart, but you know, textbooks is what teach. You know, I just sit there and tell them, open your book, read that, do it. But tell us, tell us about, you know, and educate educate the the audience about your you know, it's all happened in the last the last half of this year. Mm-hmm. Your move to Tory and, and what Tory stands for. Yeah. So most of the listeners that, that were with us from the beginning know that I was previously with a company based in Phoenix, Mac Prefab, and uh, they were a Division Nine, still are a Division Nine contractor, primary metal stud, framing, drywall, mat. Cormier, who is or Cormier, who is the owner, wanted to get into the prefab business, starting to really blow up, and I started buying equipment and moving that direction and building uh, load-bearing multi-story structures, mid-rise, four to seven-story buildings. May of this year, I believe it was, I was very fortunate to make a move to. Tory contracting folks that are based in beautiful Las Vegas, where I am today, drove here last night, got in at two o'clock in the morning. I am a diehard and uh, I feel like I've died hard. (laughs) But Tory, I've never asked this question, but I looked it up sometime back. That's what I was digging through when you started going into your whole explanation of Blue Wave. I didn't think about it until then, but I had written it down shortly after I started about what Tory was. And I found out that Tory is used in Japanese martial arts to refer to the executor of a technique. There was a hyphen or a comma or a semicolon there, technique, because it was just executioner. I was like, oh, cool. We're going on to some deep stuff now, Robert. Yeah. So they were an executioner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I should I should have left it there and this would have really turned in uh, really cool. Daryl uh, would have mic drop and out the studio. Yeah. Yeah. It, was- it would have gone black. So Tory basically is the principle that a Tory is always the one who successfully completes a technique. So when you apply that to what we are and Tory, uh, for the last eight to 12 years has been a, a division nine contractor, drywall, metal studs, primarily uh, the, for the majority of that time was a was the in-house uh, firm for Forte uh, design and building. 
and uh, Forte is a builder of luxury homes uh, here in Las Vegas and in Southern California currently. Are they the same company or are you sister companies or how? how um, yeah, really. I mean, I would say parent company, but that's okay. really not even true. So we coexist in the same building, same ownership group. Let's put it Got that it. way. Okay. Tori also went out to help there and to kind of uh, fortify their uh, luxury home building division or, or business. Uh, they purchased a very large, at the time, it was the largest FrameCAD machine that FrameCAD makes um, that will turn anywhere from a three and five eighths inch metal stud to a 12 inch stud, um, anywhere from 14 gauge to 20 gauge. Um, construction people will get all that. Um, Daryl will explain later. And it was to build these luxury homes. They realized very quickly that that's not really what these machines are made for. They're made for load-bearing partition systems, primarily. They'll do away with an awful lot of structural steel. The speed with which projects can get built now, utilizing a prefab off-site construction method, um, is astounding because what's happening now, we have designers on staff, we have engineers that will engineer the project, work with an engineer of record, and engineer the cold form steel portion. We have FrameCAD designers that will design the wall panels and trusses. Our equipment then prints the components. I say print, it's, it's strange, but it's a roll former. So we purchase uh, coils of steel, galvanized steel, at the various gauges, and it rolls through the machine and forms it into what is typically known as a C-stud profile. Um, those components are then screwed together. They're fabricated in a, you know, a shop where the weather is not going to stop us. It's temperature controlled. It's, you know, there's the quality control is, is much greater. So we're doing probably 60% of a framing job in a very controlled environment while the site work and while the slab is being done. So once a slab is done, we can show up with truckloads. Our goal is always to have at least two to three floors completely fabricated by the time we start on a project, which means that then our installation crew starts installing while our fabrication crew is still fabricating roof trusses, floor trusses, and continuing to to send those out as we go through. So, so other than working for Forte, right? Mm -hmm. um, what are the other verticals for the audience' sake? Where do you target this to? I mean, I'm, I'm 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 setting you up for. Yeah, it's a softball. I saw it. I saw it. Yeah. I I reared back and was about to crunch that dude. The perfect job, uh, the perfect project for our system is anything that is a mid-rise stackable structure, uh, so a multifamily um, an apartment building, um, an assisted living facility. Uh, assisted living facilities, uh, even more so than multifamily and hospitality, the hotels, um, in that senior living has to be a non-combustible structure to begin with. And of course, cold form steel is non-combustible. In the multifamily and the hospitality sectors, the majority of what I see out here, and I, and I say out here being west of the Rockies, 
a conversion. We're being asked to work on a conversion from wood framing to light gauge steel, primarily because it's just so relatively new in the Western United States. It's very prevalent in South America. The East Coast has been doing it in all shapes and forms for several years. Australia, if anybody looks up residential building in Australia, primarily all residential building is light gauge steel. So um, over um, in the Middle East, uh, the military uses it. They, they have these, these uh, roll forming machines that fit into you know, containers, uh, shipping containers. They'll drop them with helicopter out in the middle of a desert somewhere and, and generator them up and, and spit out building components and build these things anywhere. So the benefits are, are this. For those in the pre-construction world, people tend to look at things on a line item basis. So when we come in to talk to people about, when we talk to a general contractor, let's say, about a conversion from wood to steel, I get the shaking of the head instantly is that light gauge steel has always been more expensive than wood. True. And it still is. But percentage-wise, what is it really um, different? Just on the commodity side. Um, you know, I, I don't know weight wise, but you know, when like lumber's way down, steel's way down, I'm going to say it used to be 20%, that okay. t- 20% was the number, but it's closer than that now. I would say it's in that 10 to 20%. Now give the offsetting sales technique here. Sure. So the win is that when you convert a wood structure to a non-combustible structure, there is a, um, a piece of insurance called builder's risk insurance that general contractors will take out to protect their project during construction. We built a 125,000 square foot, five-story structure down in Tucson, Arizona. The change in the builder's risk, the delta in the builder's risk from wood to steel was a $225,000 savings. So substantial. The other thing is, is for those folks, those owners and developers that build and hold, and really it, it pertains regardless, but it's 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 more of a benefit for the build and hold, is there's also a an approximate 20% annual savings in your ongoing property insurance. I was just at, as you know, I was just at a at a conference called the Lodging Conference in Scottsdale last week. And I, I had a gentleman that was sitting across from me. And I, I've said that once to gave that whole speech. And when I got to the 20% annually in savings in general ongoing property insurance, he goes, that is a huge number. He says, if I didn't do anything else, that number makes it make sense for me. So when you go from a line item analysis to a pro forma analysis, which is what owners and developers are typically using, it gets that percentage even closer. I think it's still a little bit higher, but then we have one more, and that's speed of construction. Because we can do that 50 to 60% of the framing job while you're out doing dirt work and and preparing a slab, the construction, on-site construction is extremely fast. So we have the potential greatly of, of shortening the schedules, construction schedules, significantly, in some cases, six to eight weeks. You know that I've mentioned this um, on our podcast. I, I've mentioned it to you most certainly. 
uh, one of the one of the pieces that I have really worked quite hard on the last well this year is finding those subcontractors, those those MEP, the mechanical, electrical, and plumbing subcontractors that are also willing to do prefab construction. Because if I build a structure and I blow through that thing in record time, and all the other subcontractors are still going about their business as they always have, I can get the structure done much faster, but still not going to be completed any quicker because everybody else is not moving any faster. But isn't that, Robert, isn't there also some education? If I put if I put my shoes back on here and I say, all right, project manager, superintendent, the, you know, my team that's building the CPM, which is your critical path uh, schedule, you know, you guys at the pre-con have to educate the GC of accelerating that too, right? I mean, it, it comes up to communication and dissemination of information, so... Yeah, the one the, the the one of the really big changes and the big differences is so for us I'll I'll jump I'll kind of change this a little bit segue into this it's really best for us to start the conversation with the owner and developer before they spend the money having it designed as a wood framed building the major reasons for that is this is that because it's a load bearing partition system your plumbing, uh, anything that's coming out of your plumbing risers, anything coming out of your slab, all has to be dialed in, which means that BIM is a huge piece of this. So in the perfect world, we would actually create the model based on a floor plan that was done by the architect. We would do that in Revit, and we would have, we would distribute that model back to the architect to be distributed to the MEP consultants. Now they're doing all of their design based on where every framing member is going to be. And that's how exact the system is. When we put it into a design, that's what's fed into our machine and that's exactly what's built to within a 16th of an inch. It's it's pretty incredible stuff actually. Now you're actually uh, using some prefab panels on Cannon Beach now, aren't you? Yeah, because we're well, you know, for the audience's sake, we're we're engaged with with Mac Prefab and Executive West, where you used to work. Correct. And so, yeah, there there are trade partners out on that one, and you know, it's. I mean, I, we've seen the benefits for a long time. Uh, you know, and there's this isn't new. It's just how what's the familiarity and the comfort level of every. And it's really, it's not the GC, it's more the owner and the architect. Absolutely is. You know, it's easy, it's easy for us to sell when we're in early, when we're in later, then you, you, you're back to the stereotypes and the, the paradigms of a long time ago, which should be, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Hey, um, Daryl, if you don't mind, let's take a quick commercial break and let's come back and, and ping Robert for some more questions. There comes a time when dreams become a reality when you see your vision materialize into a true work of art. And the only way to get there is to choose a general contractor who shares that same vision and knows how to bring it to life. At Blue Wave, we aren't so big that we've forgotten where we've come from. And we aren't so small that we can't care for your projects regardless of their size. When your vision deserves safety, perfection, timeliness, and expertise in order to become a reality, Trust Blue Wave to get it done right the first time. 
there's a couple of other things that when we can get in early can add to the massive changes. And again, all of this just brings us closer and closer to the price, that that magic price of doing it for the same thing that they've been doing for years, which is wood. Our light, our light gauge steel structures, although they are a load-bearing structure, are lighter in weight than a wood structure. What that means is, is that if we can get in early, it also means that your, your slab, there can be some significant steel reductions in slab. Footing sizes can be uh, smaller, which means less concrete. Another one that is huge, which you don't realize it until a project starts. Anybody that has seen an apartment complex, a multifamily project, begin or start or being framed, or even in, in a single family home subdivision, drive through that thing and look at the amount of waste and the, uh, it's, it's piles and piles and truckloads full of waste. When we start a project, we don't even have a dumpster on site for the first two or three months because everything's done off site. We don't cut anything. So we don't, have anything to throw away. So while we're framing the job, you're not having to just circle, you know, lifts of trucks of uh, containers of your your dumpsters in and out of that place because we're not put, we're not doing anything to fill them up. So when you again dial into all these things and factor in, we can we can do things by eliminating the need for lightweight concrete between floors. There's all kinds of things that we can do if we really get creative and work work with an owner early on. I'm going to bring up two other ones that mm -hmm. I'd like you to apply on. One is the weathering. So if we take a large apartment facility, think about once you see it sheeted and you see the rains come in. Yes, mm -hmm. in Arizona, we have rain and we've had pretty profound monsoon season this year mm -hmm. where I drove by, without mentioning names, I drove by one earlier today and I was shocked. I'll be honest, I, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm surprised I don't have to rip off 80% of the sheeting because it's buckling, it's bowed, it's all those kind of things. It's been exposed to a lot of moisture. That's one. And then two is, is it still true that, let's say, take another multifamily type situation. If you have the non-combustible in your system, you not, don't, sometimes the fire marshal will allow you not to have the fire lane in ahead of time. Have you seen that? It's part of the pros of the pro forma. Yes. I don't so, talk to yeah. either of those, Robert. Yeah, the first of which, what was the first one that you mentioned? The, wet, the, wet, the weathering. Watch oh, out. yeah. So, you know, lumber lumber comes from trees. And so the longer that the, 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 you go out to a job site, and, and as long as everything's banded, you're great. But you cut a band and let that thing, well, that, that lumber all starts to go back to Mother Nature. And it twists, warps, cracks. It's horrible. The other thing that it does is it... <laughs> It molds and mildews really easy. I could share a absolute horror story of a project up in Prescott that huge, uh, massive lawsuits because they drywalled cabinets in the whole thing. And there was so much mold and mildew in the building just because it had been rained on so often. Um, before it got dried in. And it, it, there was some thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars for mediation. Anyway, 
The other thing is termites absolutely hate light gauge steel. So that's always a plus. <laughs> okay. Your second question was, or the second point was. Well, the, the, you know, a lot of times before you can start a wood frame facility, the entire fire lane and the first. Oh, perfect. Thank you. So one of the big things, at least in the in the Arizona market and, and especially around Phoenix, we've all seen these, um, what are called in the industry, SFR or BTR. So it's single family rental or build to rent neighborhoods. They're the ones that you see that are, they look like tiny houses, little houses that are all just jam packed together. And there's hundreds of them in a, in a little tight subdivision. Well, those are in fact, single family detached residences that it's a, an apartment building that's single level. That's just spread out much farther than you would if it was a, a and there is, there are some benefits and it really has been, they've been selling, they've been renting like crazy, but there's a perfect example. You can go out and I, I know this is in Phoenix. I don't know about any other municipalities out there, but because it's non-combustible um, in a, in a standard wood framed subdivision, you're having to go out and you have to do all your roads. You have to put your fire lanes in. You have to have your hydrants in. All that stuff has to be done before you can start doing anything out because everything you do is combustible. When you build this same project with light gauge steel, you could literally drive out there with a with a loader and just scrape the earth and put a slab in and start building things and, and build roads around them. You can also reduce the amount that needs to be fire sprinkled. If you have any carriage houses or anything like that, that is a, a two-story that has a garage underneath, you can eliminate, uh, many times you can eliminate the need for fire sprinklers in them because you're building it non-combustible. So again, you can go, it, depending on each project, there are things that you can do away with, change, just because it's light gauge steel. All right, switching gears on you. Okay. Um, Again, for entertainment value and kind of the cool factor of Tori and Forte, tell everyone about the Las Vegas and the theming connection of your of the people you work with. Yeah, so that's really the cool part. And we we had um, I just want to drop this in here. We had today. Uh, FrameCAD is the uh, manufacturer of the roll forming equipment that we use and the software that we use for design, and they're executive uh, group, owner, founder, all their C-level people. We had about six to eight of those folks in our office today. And uh, just talking about things that we could do a different, better, that we would like to see changed about their equipment, et cetera. And we gave them a tour. And this is goes specifically to your question. So Forte, Scott Acton's family and, and the background, Scott being the CEO, were theming people. And they have worked for Disney, uh, Universal Studios for a long, long time, building some of the most prominent pieces in Disneyland and Universal Studios. And by that, I mean not building the rides themselves, but building everything you see when you go to the ride and are going through the ride. And so it is the geekiest thing in the world to take people into our warehouse and take them for a spin through the shop. We have the largest 3D printer in, on the West Coast, which 
we've all seen 3D printers. Now, when I say 3D printer, I'm not talking about the one that many of you have seen that's printing a house out of concrete. That's also a 3D printer. It's very large. But this is what you would think of as a typical 3D printer. Prints with a resin uh, you know, type material uh, that we utilize for the theming portion and pieces. But that's also one of the things that we do do a lot of on the strip here in Vegas. A lot of the the glitz and the real, you know, fancy restaurants all have a lot of of themes. Hell's Kitchen, which is has been around, you know, it's relatively new. Forte and Tori were a part built that the Gordon Ramsay restaurant. So very very cool stuff. It is amazing if you'll go to ToriContractingLLC.com and Forte Design Build, I believe it is. You can see some of those things that I'm talking about, very large projects, pieces that have been shipped to China. Yeah, just amazing stuff. But it is such a cool thing to see people's faces and expressions when we walk them through a shop and they get to see some of the things we're working for, for working on for Universal Studios and Disney. And then on the residential side, Robert, correct me if I'm wrong, but you got Forte, right? They it's mm-hmm. it's the it's the rich and famous, so that you the the quality and the complexity of those homes is at you know yeah they look like um well um Steve Wynn of the Wynn <laughs> Resort Casino we built his home and his home looks very similar to what you would think a casino owner home would look like um these are these are very large twenty five thousand square foot you know plus um, residences that are mouth drop. I mean, they are just stunning. And yeah, we've been very fortunate. And these people are very exact. They know what they want. They can afford it. They know what they want. We give it to them. So yeah, good stuff. And which states are you currently working in? Well, on the Tory side with the prefab, uh, Southern California, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, if we can get up into Idaho, we'll also do some do some work in Idaho. I, I'm I'm going up to St. George, Utah, beautiful place. A couple of weeks to to talk to some folks about a little single family rental community and building it out of steel. So, yeah, all over the place. Any place we can go, Southwest. Got it. Basically. So, hey, Daryl, is our from your perspective, our our conversation today. What uh, what questions? Because you you represent the the common folk, which is always nice. What what questions would you like to ask either of Robert or myself about either Tory contracting or Blue Wave General Contracting? I would say, I guess, thanks for putting me on the spot. First of all, that's amazing. Well, Love you're that. part of the you're part of the team. You got to be ready to go, Daryl, at the, any moment. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would say this one would go for I guess both of you. Um, is it more important, you know, for what you do, how important are the relationships for the work that you do? Is it like, is it just business at the end of the day or, you know, are relationships important before you even get to the business? That way the business is smooth sailing. I am a adamant believer in relationship building. I think if you can build that relationship up front for however long it takes to build it, you're going to have a much better project. JJ already talked about it with with Cole. Um, There's a great example. Uh, If you build a good relationship, you can get through anything. There is nothing that cannot solve 
if you take the time to build that relationship. What about you, JJ? Yeah, I was just thinking about every phone call that I get, whether it's a lead from, think about it like an end user or even meeting you, Robert. Like, let's say you and I were meeting for the first time and you were, you were a potential trade partner of mine. Mm-hmm. So, Daryl, the answer is, at the end of the day, it always starts as a business transaction because that's how that's how it happens. But it could have come from a relationship prior. So think about the phone calls that either I get or the emails that I get or Robert gets. It was probably predicated on something that Tori did or Robert did, mm-hmm. just like it's something that I might have a relationship, one of our team members, um, a trade partner saying, wow, good things about you. So we, I'd be remiss if I didn't say it always starts as just the business transaction. But quickly, if you can re- use the relationship piece as a vetting tool, you can find out in, Robert, what, 35, 40, 30 to 45 seconds, is this, yeah. is, is, is this a relationship dialogue yeah. or is it something that's just a transaction? And Daryl, it, it's so rewarding that in that short time period, you can find out a bunch of things. And if it's going to be a relationship, you can you can turn it use the, in a matter matter of seconds. Some of, some of the best jobs are the ones you don't get. Exactly. Because um, you you have that conversation and get that feeling and get that understanding right away. And it's like, boy, it would really be a fun one to do. But yeah, I don't think so. Or Robert, take that one step further off. A year later, you get the phone call or you run into that right. person. Should have listened to you. You were right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, this has been fun. I, I'm I'm glad we did this. Uh, there you go. I, I'm glad you figured Eight. it out, Daryl. I'm at 55 minutes in, and we finally see your mug. <laughs> I mean, the producer finally had the audacity to put some clothes on and get on air. Exactly. He just threw a shirt on. Is all he did. True. But um, no one. La- I, I do have one last question. Okay, you're the producer. Uh, so my last question will be: um, I, I know Robert, you haven't been with Tori that long. But um, and JJ, you're you're probably gonna have a lot of different thoughts. But um, so if you had to, if you had to sum up your company, like with one word, like if you had to describe your company with one word, what would it be? Wow, man, you wait all this time to bring that up. I mean, that's like you you should probably just start playing the outro while we're while we're moving our mouth, so it looks like we're trying to answer the question. I would say Tory. Well, just because you learned the definition today doesn't. I <laughs> no, learned a long time ago, but we know Listen, we are the ones that can actually do the technique right. For the audience's sake, I just want you to know Robert has found both ends of the internet, and he's no smart, and he's no smarter for finding either end. <laughs> we we love we love you dearly, brother. But yeah. oh my gosh, quit stalling and answer. Boutique. Okay, that's actually man, that's solid. I, I'm gonna probably just bomb. I, I, I that's, that, that's why I always say boutique, you know, because I like I think it has an endearing quality to it. I mean, I mean, my other one would be awesome, but you know, that's kind of goes well, without saying. You probably have he's probably got you probably have a Captain Awesome tattoo somewhere on Daryl. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, if you had to describe this podcast today today with one word. What would it be? The first That's word that comes to mind is endearing, but I'm not. That's not the word I'm looking for. Um, I would say. Did you say bored? No, definitely <laughs> did not. Endearing, he said. <laughs> I'm like, 
if, Karen, if Karen's listening and he said, oh, move, yeah. oh I'm gonna file. I'm gonna file a complaint. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, um, man, this is this has really been fun today. You, did you have something else to say, Daryl? Yeah, go ahead, Daryl. No, no. I think my one word would be um, just informative. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I would. Agree. I would agree. I learned a lot about JJ today that I didn't know. I actually know more about him now than I ever cared to. But I think he could say the same. I mean, well, I did. I did spend half a day with you at the lodging conference. Oh my goodness! I talked his ear off. I listen. It was. I, he left, and I felt so bad. I was no, like, was man, good. I'm sorry. It was good. I, 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 you know, I feel like if you ever need a place to crash, we've got a sofa waiting for yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, we're kind of there. We're we're about to that place. I, so, I, um, well, well Daryl, are you ready to take us out of here? Yeah, I just want to say the you, last thing. I I respect the reason why I use the word informative is because informative. I respect the way that you guys. Are re, I want to say reimagining or making re reinventing reinventing. That's a good word, but just really <clears throat> putting the knowledge up there about what construction is, and it's more than just a man in a hat working in the sun. So before you know this show started, that's all I thought about: just a man, hat, sun. There's women. There is, um, you know, construction goes into a multitude of things. So just really appreciate the knowledge that you guys are sharing with the world. Seriously. That's awesome. Uh, on that, take us out of here, Daryl. Right, we'll, see, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to The Mac and Blue Show, brought to you by Tory Contracting and Blue Wave General Contracting. Be sure to subscribe to The Mac and Blue Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Follow Robert Johnson and JJ Levinsky on LinkedIn and Instagram. And tune in live every Monday at 3 p.m., as we continue to introduce you to the people building Arizona. Walt Disney said, you can dream, create, design, and build the most wonderful place in the world, but it requires people to make the dream a reality. Until next time, make it a great day.